Hello, everyone. Happy holidays and welcome to a very, very special edition of Every Horror Movie on Netflix. It's the podcast where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick, and I'm here today with my friends Chris. Hello. And Steven. Hello, ho, ho. And as we do at the end of every year, we're here for our annual year-end episode where we rank our favorite and least favorite movies that we've watched for the podcast, uh, as well as some of our other favorite horror things that we've discovered this year outside of uh, our mission of watching every horror movie on Netflix. But before we dive into that, as usual, let's do a little quick horror catch-up. What have you guys been enjoying in the horror world since last we met? Uh, well, I watched Ma last night on Christmas. Oh boy, <laughs> that's exciting. What what can I say? Uh, I, I what a ride, what a vision. <laughs> I would highly recommend Ma. Oh wow. <laughs> oh oh, you didn't like it. I did not think it lived up in the least to my expectations from the trailers. Oh, I I did not really remember the trailers. I don't know if it works unless you have Octavia Spencer and all of the connotations that we have of her and her being an Academy Award winner. I don't know if it works if you just put some random, you know, middle-aged woman in that movie, but just the it's such a preposterous film and the movie seems to know how preposterous it is the only times it didn't work for me is when it starts starts to like flush out Matt Ma's backstory a bit and I thought that was a little too serious for my liking but yeah just a bunch of kids it kind of had Suicide King's energy uh, for me you know which is uh, (laughs) one of my favorite movies about a bunch of college kids and and Christopher Walken just kind of menacing them sort of like that with Octavia Spencer just menacing these kids and uh it just really leaned into absurdity, I thought, knowingly, but also sort of played it completely straight. And I just thought it was hilarious. I don't know. What can I say? I, I did love Octavia in it. I just, it didn't leave much of an impact on me. I don't remember a damn thing about it, except that one scene that's been like memed and clipped a zillion fucking times on Twitter, etc. She's got all these like great moments where she appears from behind a corner or behind a door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like that's literally all I remember about this movie. <laughs> it just went right over me. Yeah. And there's there's all these great things where like she's talking to the kids. She's like, "How y'all doing? Y'all ready to party?" And then there, you know, someone will be like, "No, ma, uh I'm a little busy tonight." And she'll just like turn on a dime and be like, "You're too busy for me then, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Big Freddy energy. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, what can I say? Good, good film. And you know what? Surprise. It, I wouldn't say it was really s- scary, but I was surprised at how well they made Octavia Spencer walking around a house as suspenseful as a fucking T Rex coming out of the enclosure in Jurassic Park. <laughs> so good on them. View it. Good on them. What about the rest of you? You know, I've been watching a ton of stuff. Um, to, I just, you know, this is the time of year where like year end lists come out and I've not seen a single top 10 list of this year that shares more than like three or four of the same movies. Like there was so much more stuff that came out this year than I realized. And a lot of it kind of got buried because it went straight to streaming or whatever. Um, the biggest surprise for me in this exercise is a movie that I will not save for our year end catch up because it didn't quite hit that mark, but I think it's worth watching and I'm going to spoil something about it. Because I had heard of this movie, and it was only until this particular piece was 
said to me that I thought, oh, I should actually check that out. And it turns out to not really be a huge spoiler. It's it's like an inciting incident that comes really late in the movie. So this movie is called Resurrection. It's on Amazon Prime. Rebecca Hall, who we love, I think we all love Rebecca Hall here. She plays a woman who has this like very meticulously put together life. She's kind of a hashtag girl boss. Um, and this man played by Tim Roth shows up in like at a conference that she goes to for work. And then she notices him at a park and we are, we're, we understand that we're supposed to be unsettled by his presence, but she doesn't, she can't find it within her to talk to anybody in her life, including her daughter about who this guy is and why it's so threatening that he's just kind of hanging around. Um, so it's kind of a classic sort of stalker movie, but the hook that comes maybe a third into the movie is she has a com- Rebecca has a confrontation with Tim Roth in a park and he says, I'm not stalking you. You approached me. You know, he's kind of gaslighting her. And then he grabs his stomach and he says, I forget the name of the kid. She had a, She had a son at some point. And she, he says, like Ethan will say, Ethan's in my belly right now. Can't you hear him crying? And then it becomes a completely different movie as like the mind games ratchet up to insane degree. And like he never makes her do anything that would like put her in harm's way but it's all just very 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 fucked up um so i'd recommend seeking that out there's a lot a lot more surprises after that particular moment that's uh resurrection on amazon what about you patrick you know i saw violent night in keeping with the holiday season uh it's it was charming it was fun not greatest hits and material or anything like that i doubt i'll return to it next holiday season but i did enjoy it what did blow my mind was the menu. The menu is an absolute goddamn banger. Oh, I'm still dying to see that. Oh, terrific. Amazing performances, great suspense, great sense of humor, great skewering of the current state of the culinary world slash foodie quote unquote culture. Um, it was excellent. And also kind of uh, tangentially horror maybe, but I just want to mention it just to put it out there in the world because it's so fucking good. I recently read this book called Dream of the Bat, which is this really deranged, like, outlaw comics take on Batman. It's Batman in all but name. And it's just taking the concept of Batman to the most extreme kind of end you could imagine. There are kind of four or five different stories, most of which take place in this post-apocalyptic, like, post-nuclear conflict type of age where Batman is still out there on his, like, deranged war against crime. Sounds very Zack Snyder. Mm, Yeah, except this has a fucking sense of humor about what it's doing. (laughs) Is it... Is it like bootleg Batman? Like yes. I'm picturing like a Benjamin Mara comic, exactly. like that level of like it, like a teenager coming up with the most fucked up Batman story they can think of. You is are exactly correct. That is the, the oh, exact frame so of down. reference. There's one story that involves Batman performing horrific body modifications on himself to like make himself a literal <laughs> human bat. And then the final story kind of grapples with the philosophical implications of this fucked up choice that he's made in a way that was actually weirdly sort of inspiring in the way it's like don't be like batman in the end the art is fucking Mm. incredible i forget the the author's names um but it's fucking wild go check that out if you like comics batman weird shit horror there's certainly a lot of horror to it it's it's you said dream of the bat it's called dream of the bat that's right okay 
So now that we've caught up on what we've been watching and reading, etc., for the last uh, couple weeks since our last episode, it's time to reflect back on our year in horror as a whole. It's time for our Amon Awards of 2022. And today we're going to give out our awards for our favorite movie that we watch for the podcast, our least favorite movie that we watch for the podcast, our favorite movie that came out this year that we did not watch for the podcast. So basically our favorite 2022 horror that's not an Amon movie. Our best discovery of the year. So that's our favorite horror thing that we watched this year, not for the podcast, and also that didn't come out this year. Wow, these are really convoluted now that I'm trying to break them down. And last but not least, certainly not least, I mean, frankly, the most important of all of these, the Spirit of Jay Award, the award that we give out every year to the character from a movie that we watch for the podcast who most reminded us of the spirit, personality, shining screen presence of Jay, the hero of 1920 London. Fear Strikes Again, one of the first movies we ever watched for this podcast. Did I cover all the bases there, you guys? A lot of bases, but I think you got them all. Very good. Well, let's get off to the races here. What was your favorite movie that we watched for this podcast this year? Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Let's let's Less start. I, I, I like that we're starting on a real positive note here. And I'll have to say my favorite Amon movie, I think, was Incantation. That was on my short list. Hell yeah. Yeah, a Chinese found footage movie, which usually found footage movies aren't my jam. But I thought it was probably the scariest movie that we watched this year. Um, some of the things, some of the images, and some of the uh, the, the chants I'll never forget. And I, I can see myself going back to this movie someday in a way I really can't say for pretty much anything else we watched. Incantation. Great film. Glad I had to watch it for this show. It's so memorable. It's so weird. The twist is so unique. And it's one of those things where, like, I feel like the way I would want to go back to it is introduce people who have never fucking heard of it, don't know a goddamn thing about it, and get them into the incantation lifestyle. I don't even want to say too much here because people may not have listened to our spoiler episode on it, so I don't want to spoil the movie, but... Yeah, I think the best way to share this with somebody would be to burn it onto a DVD and then label the DVD, like... Iron Man 2 or something <laughs> and then just wait for them to play it someday and not know what they're seeing. Yeah. I remember nothing about that movie except that it was a viral sensation and that like the 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 incantation on the screen, right? That's the movie that had like the weird yes. symbols. Okay. It it per- makes you a participant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Ooh. I'll go next because my pick is kind of twisted. Oh. Uh, you know, I, I looked at the list. I really thought about, do I remember these movies? Did I like them? And I I'm go scared. With... I'm scared right now. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. But <laughs> my favorite Amon movie of the year was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2020. <laughs> I, knew I knew you were going to say wow. that. You motherfucker. As time has gone on, I've <laughs> appreciated it more just in the sense of like, it shouldn't exist. Nobody wanted an old man Leatherface movie. But it really leans in into the old man Leatherface of it all, and it's pretty pretty surprisingly gruesome. It is in no way true to the spirit of the original, but it's short. It's the exact same length of the original movie, like 83 minutes or whatever the hell that was. The woman from Mandy who plays <laughs> uh, Sally Hardesty who shows up at the, at the end of it with the fucking shotgun 
it's just stupid and kind of delightful and it doesn't wear out its well. I don't know. I know I gave it a terrible <laughs> review when it came out, but in my mind I've built it up since we saw it. This is I don't know who the fuck I'm talking to right now. This is this is truly you a twisted it. picture right here. If you look at the if listeners, if you if you if you go get on iTunes or look at the list of the shit we had to watch this year, you might better understand why I why I chose it. Well, all right. So let me let me let me let me so 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 it's it's just that this is a movie at least that has some, you know, connections to something that you're emotionally excited about. Sure. Okay. Sure. And, and and I mean, it's even kind of offensive in that sense, too. But I still think <laughs> about it from time to time. This was a weird year, too, where we got these big movies based on like sequels or reboots to like well-known franchises that haven't really been touched in a long time. Like we got a new Hellraiser movie that was pretty OK. We got a, a Predator movie that I've heard is great. Um, and then we got, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. It was fine. I like the scene on the bus. That was pretty novel to me. Yeah, it's fine. Think about that one. The ending of that movie was cool. I remember the the very ending. That was fun. <laughs> the ending of that was so fucking stupid. I'll talk anyway. about that more later, though. You, wow. Can you guess oh, what category I'm going to pick that wow. one for? <laughs> wow. All right, Patrick, how about you? What's your favorite Amon movie of the year? As I said, Incantation was up there for me. Hollow Man was up there for me, but I had to go with his house. I mean, goddamn, mm. just talk about a fucking film. We, I mean, that's a that's a meme on this show. We say capital F film. I mean, this is truly just a beautiful, brilliant film for any genre. You know, I mean, it's fuck. You know, that was going to be my number one pick, but I, I didn't pick it just because I feel like I've talked about it too much. Mm. So I'm glad you chose it because that's I think that movie's a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. That's probably the best film that we we watched this year. It's just not my favorite. Those are two different things. All right. Well, next up, it's Worst Amon Movie, the movie that we watched this year for the podcast that we liked the least. And since, you know, I already (laughs) kind of tipped my hand to this and we already talked about the movie a bit, I'll go first. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my least favorite of the year. What an absolute fucking Failure! What an absolute embarrassment <laughs> to this fucking franchise! An embarrassment. I'm to not the even going to argue with you. <laughs> it's like just constant attempts to be topical in the cringiest fucking way possible. I'll give you the bus scene. The bus scene was fun, you know, great, fine, but man, what a fucking failure! What a waste of the measly 82 minutes that it runs. Also, a waste of like. A reboot, because we all expect these sequels, yeah. you know, by the time they make 11 Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, we all expect them to be dog shit. And then for them to be like, oh, wait, no, hold on a minute. This is we're doing something different this time. <laughs> we're rebooting. This is a sequel. When they do the old sequel to the original thing. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like Halloween. And, and this is a direct sequel. And we're, we're staying real true to the first movie. And then they just do the same shit they've always done. Well, That's and hilarious. you bring Sally back and just right. do absolutely nothing with that. Like, have the laziest possible explanation or non-explanation for what she's even been up to or how her life has changed in the intervening years since the first one. It's just uh, just a waste. It just felt like a waste of potential and of a great... Well, actually, I shouldn't say a great franchise. A great uh, predecessor. A great single pre- predecessor. Yeah. <laughs> Who else has a worst yeah. Amon movie of the year? I'll go next. Uh, Ama. Ama is my least favorite oh, wow. Amon movie of the year. It's one of these movies that has come out in the post-elevated horror boom where, like, I, I I don't buy that this was originally intended to be a horror movie. It feels like the horror is just grafted on in the laziest way possible. 
even Sandra O, oh, who I love in absolutely everything, is given like very little to do in this movie. It just felt completely vapid and almost kind of heartless to me. So is it like objectively the worst movie we watched this year? No, there's there's other stuff that doesn't even have decent production value or whatever. But I, I felt like it was insincere and that is personally offensive to me. I have a different pick, but I'll co- co-sign everything you said. I actually wrote down Uma for worst Amon pick, and then I just crossed it out in the last 10 minutes and wrote my, my real pick. But it was right. it was the first one that came to mind as just a, a dreadful experience to watch. I wouldn't say it's insincere, I and that's kind of the reason I pardoned it a little bit, because I think it's... <laughs> It's it's trying to play around with some sincere ideas and some, there's some interesting stuff going on under the hood, but it just did not come out in the film and that's terrible. I mean, you can we have a whole hour and a half episode of us talking shit on Uma if you want to <laughs> go down that road. Well, and also a you two talking shit on Uma yeah, that's because true. I did not have it. these. Pro- I didn't love it, but I thought okay. I thought Patrick I thought you did, I did find here. it. I did find it sincere and personal. Okay. Well, my wor- my least favorite movie is Malevolent. Florence Pugh could not bail that oh. one out. <laughs> Malevolent. This is another one that I remember so confused. little about. I was like, no, that, not, that wasn't this year. <laughs> not Malignant, Malevolent. And that's the thing. It's so forgettable and because it, it was so dull. The whole movie was my least favorite thing. People walking around in the dark. Hello? Let's go down this hall. Let's open this door really slow. <laughs> And then when it got to being spooky, it wasn't that spooky. It was just the dullest, one of the dullest films I think we've ever watched on this show. So got to say that was my least favorite. I'll co-sign that one. That was one of those where I like watched it and then I was like, I felt like I needed to watch it again because I felt uh-huh. like I had missed something. But no, that's just the movie. I remember telling you, like, urging you not to watch it again. I'm like, you're not dumb. It's the movie. Don't waste your time. I remember some scenes from Uma. I remember some ways I felt about Uma. I remember some images from Uma. Sure. I just remember people being in the dark for way too long and malevolent. All right. Well, our next category is our favorite horror film of 2022. You know, I feel like I've made that award too convoluted in the past. Best non-Amon, blah, blah, whatever. It's just our favorite horror film of 2022. What is your pick, Stephen? Oh, man. I was hoping you wouldn't pick me because I got a three-way tie. Oh, well, Chris Actually, go a five-way first, tie, and I'm trying to break it up. Chris first, Stephen last. Okay. All right. Well, I have a controversial pick. Oh, um, boy. Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Here's the thing. I didn't I didn't watch a lot of 2022 horror films this year. I know it was a good year for horror. I heard a lot of buzz about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of movies on my list of like, oh, I got to check that out. Mm-hmm. I could go on all day about all the movies I want to watch, but I've been waiting for the perfect night to watch them. Watch, ended up watching very little. I can, I can count on like three fingers how many new horror films I watched. So you picked Hellraiser. Well, close. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought about picking Nope. I thought about picking Nope. But I don't, you know, it seems like too basic of a pick because I'd really be picking it because it was like the only good horror movie I saw that came out this year. 
I'm going to say my favorite was Halloween Ends. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. You guys uh, are wildin'. This is like you're this, <laughs> this is Mr. Bonku is is pales in comparison to some Oh, of these just picks. you. Wait, we got more surprises in oh, store. Boy. At least I'm excited. <laughs> I I think history will absolve me. I think in 10 years people and myself included will be watching Halloween Ends, but they they uh they, they'll probably be watching Nope, but probably not much else. <laughs> um I thought it was interesting. I, I I hated Halloween Kills. I hated it so much. Maybe it was low expectations bailing this one out. But Halloween ends. First of all, I like I like the world of Halloween. I like Michael Myers. It's fun to watch on Halloween. And it was interesting. What can I say? I, I, I liked the controversial new direction of Halloween ends. I thought it was smart. I thought it was cool. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a movie that held my attention from start to finish. And I, I kind of want a reason to watch again, but I probably will never find one good for them. Wild. I'm sure you'll watch (laughs) it in the future just to continue to troll us. It's not a troll. I'm telling you, I, I, I thought, I mean, it's not great, but I thought it was, it was better than average, better than nope. Nah, probably not, but (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I will go next. Uh, My favorite horror film of 2022 was Pearl. Holy shit. I loved X to begin with, but Pearl just takes it to the next level in uh, a jaw-dropping way to me. Mia Goth is just fucking incredible in this thing. And I mean, she's good in X, but again, it's like, oh, wow, didn't know you had that in you based on X. It's great horror. There's some shocking moments in it. There's oh, yeah. surprisingly funny moments in it. But it's also a really moving portrait of a character unraveling mentally. I keep saying to people, it's the movie that I wanted Joker to be, which may be a little flip or something. It, I don't know that that's a fully accurate statement. but I follow you is, completely. Yeah, But it is a really compelling portrait of mental illness. And... Um, it was just a mind blower for me. I went in expecting to enjoy it because I enjoyed X, but it just fucking floored me. So Pearl. And I'll also give a quick runner up mention to Crimes of the Future, which I feel like did not get enough love this year. It's a weird movie, but that's also what I loved about it. Steven, have you broken your tie yet? No, and I'm not going to, I suppose. So it was kind of a, initially it was a tie between Pearl and X, and I was going to just do a combination of the two of those because they're fucking great. I mean, X is like, I mean, talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre as we were earlier. Like, it is just such a great kind of tribute to and continuation of some of the the themes and ideas from that movie, but taken in a totally wildly new direction. The Pearl was just such a delightful surprise. I mean, I remember sitting in the theater and the reveal of the trailer for Pearl or the teaser playing as soon as X ended. Like, oh, what? We're getting another Mm -hmm. movie in this universe? Mia Goth has already given two great performances in X, and now, you know, what? what is this? It looks like a, like a, it's a complete Looney Tune, uh, and it's it's wonderful, and it's, it is actually disturbing at times, but it also just has such big, goofy energy that makes that mental unraveling even more, like, palpable. You know what I like? I like movies where they make them concurrently, and they put a trailer for one at the end of the, the other. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, po- and you don't know it's coming until you see it at the end. Yeah, fuck that's a post-credit better. scene. Fuck, a, yeah, that's true. That's different because I was thinking about the Matrix when they did the Matrix Reloaded, and it was like state. And then here's a trailer for the Matrix Revolutions. Oh my god! Um, but uh, I, fuck a post-credit scene. I don't want a post-credit scene. 
a full trailer. Yeah. Now you're talking. Now you're cooking. Something that could only have happened because of the pandemic, too. Like they shot in New Zealand and Mia Goth in Thai West had like two weeks of quarantine when they got there and just wrote a sequel to the movie they were about to shoot. A24 is crazy, so they just greenlit it immediately and let them make both movies back to back. And now we're getting a third film set in the 80s in the era of of uh, VHS porno, uh, Maxine with three X's. And I, I have zero idea what to expect from that, and that really excites me. Pearl's going to be hard to top, man, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, honorable mentions from this, this split. I mean, I've already talked about Bones and All. I mean, that it's just like the... The most emotionally arresting movie I've seen this year, horror or otherwise. I highly recommend people check it out because I don't think it was marketed very well. It didn't really make a lot of money. It didn't spend a long time in theaters. I don't even know where to find it now. I'm sure you can pay to rent it or something, but it's a an absolute masterpiece. And then, you know, are these movies or not? I would consider them Cabinet of Curiosities. Three episodes from that that I love, The Autopsy, The Outside, and Panos Cosmatos' The Viewing, I think each stand on their own as hour-long films. And they're they're each wildly different, and they're great. If, you have, if you've slept on that series, definitely, definitely check it out. Pick at it in any order you want to, but I think each one is worth seeing for its own merits. I forgot that Incantation actually is a 2022 movie. So, oh, okay. Hmm. Maybe we'll put asterisk next to that. That's I, I like. Well, I like the incantation more than Halloween ends. Yeah, we'll update the Wikipedia entry. Yeah. All right. Well, now we are on to our favorite horror discovery of this year. So this means something we didn't watch for the podcast and that did not come out this year. Also, a unique category in that it doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a book or uh, you know whatever horror in any medium. My favorite discovery I talked about before on the show, all about evil on Shudder. Mm. I keep telling you guys to watch it. No one trusts me. Oh, no I trust you. I'm going to watch it. It's <laughs> I love everything about the premise and the cast. Like yeah. That's Peter's Christ, right? Yes, it is. Yes. And uh, it was made in 2010, and it was lost i guess you couldn't watch it for years and years and and now it's on shutter and it's a it's a treat it was it's a you know a, horror comedies i talk about this a lot are endemic but kind of disposable they're kind of like novelty movies often i find mm-hmm. and this is extremely funny it was just my sense of humor but also it was it was earnest enough and worked well enough as a horror movie that uh it it doesn't feel like just a punchline and so i i had a great time with it can't wait to watch it again all about evil go check it out i'm excited to see it and it's on a vinegar syndrome put it out on blue this year too so i'm sure there's lots of really fun special features yeah thanks for the reminder on that because i have been curious about it since you mentioned it in the first place and it had just sort of fallen off my radar and it sounds very in my wheelhouse so watch it today i'll get to that you guys, ain't, you yeah. guys ain't doing shit else today that's yeah. true i, I watch probably it today. will i probably will good steven do you want to go next yeah um you know i didn't experience a lot of discovery this year but i am going to pick something that is very very current in probably still a little bit relevant by the time this episode comes out. I watched the Adult Swim Yule Log last week. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Mm-mm. It just kind of dropped on... I mean, I'm assuming it aired on Adult Swim, and then it just dropped on HBO Max, and it looks 
like a generic Yule log if you're just kind of scrolling through. But uh, what tipped me off that it might be something different and unexpected is that, well, one, it's the Adult Swim Yule log. It's rated TVMA, and it's 90 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this is a movie that does begin as a Yule log, and uh, it's directed by the guy who did Too Many Cooks and some of those late-night infomercials on Adult Swim. And it just gradually uh, reveals itself to be a completely bonkers horror movie set in a cabin and a double booked Airbnb that a murder has occurred in before the guests arrive. It's deliriously stupid, but I had a great time with it. Uh, this, I mean, to give you an idea where this goes, you can bet that Yule log becomes sentient at one point and may or may not be from hell. It's a total blast. Wow. I urge you to check it out. If you're still feeling the holiday spirit, it's something you can like a Yule log, just throw on in the background and check in with every five minutes. Like it's not the most <laughs> compelling drama, uh, but there's a lot of really fun, insane surprises packed into those 90 minutes. Wait, so that did drop this year. That did drop this year, but I, it's, it's a discovery in the sense I didn't know what I was getting into when I just kind of happened upon it. He was so desperate to put anything on besides All About Evil that he just was like, <laughs> I'm going to watch this Yule Log, even though I don't know what it is. <laughs> and it's probably just a Yule Log. <laughs> well, yeah, that's great, because that's, that's, that's a real discovery. That's something that no one would know about unless it spread word of mouth. Yeah, nobody's talking about yeah. it, really. Yeah. So. Patrick, did we talk about your discovery? No, we didn't. Um, mine is kind of a discovery by the rules or criteria of this category, just just by the skin of its teeth, because it actually came out uh, just last year, 2021. Um, but I watched it this year, so technically it fits the, fits the bill. And the movie is Censor, just blew my goddamn mind. The basic idea is it's a film censor in Britain in the 80s, I believe, 70s. Her job is editing the video nasties of the time, and uh, she starts to discover a... Uh, something sinister going on through some of the movies that she's editing. Um, it's just beautifully shot, beautifully acted. The ending of it gave me the much sought after for me chills up my spine. Um, I'll never forget it. And that's my favorite thing that I discovered this year by a long shot. And I almost was like, eh, it came out just last year. Does this really like fit? But it was so head and shoulders above anything else that I saw this year, horror wise, wow. that couldn't help but pick it. I also watched that this year, and I guess it left me feeling like the way you feel when you watch Avatar. Left me a little cold, <laughs> left me a little empty. I didn't get it. Um, I might have to watch it again, like you need to watch Avatar again, because I think there's something there that I'm not receiving, or maybe I was in the wrong state of mind. But man, yeah, kind of completely forgettable for me. I put it on my top 15 or whatever the hell last year. I really liked it, but perplexingly the ending didn't land for me so i don't know as as much as i it, you know patrick has been stumping this movie i feel like i need to go back and give it a, another chance i really really liked it i just didn't feel like it came together in the way i was hoping for but you know i could have been in a bad mood you never know oh that's interesting the ending just blew my goddamn mind the ending was transcendent for me i'd be interested to hear what either of you think if you do end up revisiting it i'm certain there was something in it that i just wasn't getting and it might be my fault but at the same time it's just it's it's so unappealing to go back and watch it again it would feel like work because mm -hmm. i remember it as being not a very entertaining movie throughout like it's just kind of like a, a mystery and then it kind of peaks at the end but it's kind of languid it's it, you know it's not a t 
particularly exciting movie, but I mean, the, the subject matter alone is so compelling. Like that's such, I think I remember saying on the show after watching it, like it's a, such a novel premise that I don't think I've ever seen before. And mm-hmm. it really does take a, a genius to come up with a story around something that kind of weird and nebulous. Mm-hmm. Who would think a movie about a, like a film censor would be interesting. Worked for me. Glad you loved it. So now we're on to our final and, again, most important category of this entire proceeding. It's the Spirit of Jay Award. And I don't know. We, we, we kind of have this conversation every year. How much should we, or should we or should we not explain Jay and why the fuck we do this every year? And why we talk about Jay like every goddamn episode? Because that's such a distant reference, I feel like, for most people at this point. Because we watched that movie five fucking years ago. If you know, you know. <laughs> it has its own notoriety as... Um, just a, a thing we talk about. I think that people don't need to know how it started to understand it at this point. But well, and I mean, um, the other funny thing is, like, I feel like we interpret it so differently every year, which is part of the fun and charm and and shock and surprise of this mm-hmm. award every year. Because to some of us, to me, I'll say what it means to me. Actually, we don't need right, to describe yeah, yeah. Jay himself, but to me, the spirit of Jay is about a badass character who I want to see again. Basically, somebody I didn't get enough of, couldn't get enough of, a character in a movie. That's what—that's the spirit of Jay to me. That's—I I agree with that. I, for me, there's also an undercurrent of uh, nobility because Jay was a, a such a noble man in the end, a noble man. He, mm-hmm. yes, he made some mistakes, <laughs> but uh, th- yeah, you have to be—you have to be at least a little bit of a hero in my book to win the spirit of Jay. Steven, what does the spirit of Jay mean to you? Um, Well, I'll start by saying I have two nominations for this year. One is a fictional character. One is a real person. (laughs) What? Um, Okay, we're already wilding. And to me, yeah, the spirit of Jay is is more just like he was just such a memorable character, like in in a movie that, you know, I, I don't need to litigate this again, but that I that I otherwise didn't have as much fun with as you guys did. But he definitely stood out and like made the movie memorable. So when I see the title 1920 London on Netflix, I remember Jay. Um, we talk about him all the time. So to me, it's about a, a character that, yeah, I think is a is heroic, but also just like cut from a different cloth and just totally stands out as like a larger than life sort of figure. So my first one is Antonito from... Veronica, as the director himself said, this young actor reminded him of a young Marlon Brando. (laughs) What's more Jay than that? I just thought this kid was like totally adorable. It's really becoming the Mr. The spirit of Mr. Banku at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I, I really stretched the Overton window on that one. When I, uh, yeah, but when I think back, I mean, I'm like half joking, but when I think back on characters from all the movies we've watched this year, I just remember that lovable little scamp Antonito, and he really like <laughs> made that movie for me, and I've continued to think about him and his, his fucking you know goggle glasses, and <laughs> I, I thought he was great. Uh, my other I split nomination, but the other other Spirit of Jay award, if I can like cut it in half with a chainsaw, would have to go to our dear departed friend Neville Arshemba, who we lost oh. way too soon this year. Yeah. I mean, he totally embodied the spirit of Jay in every way in my book. He was a delightful man, a good friend of the show, a good friend to us on a personal level at times. I miss him. I really miss him, and I really cherish 
uh, the time that we got to spend with him. It's such, it's such an unexpected friendship, but sometimes those are the ones you, you mourn the longest. And he I'm was, glad. And he was larger than life. And we oh, yeah. always, we always wanted more of him. We could never get enough. No, that's, that's perfect. I didn't know where you were going with that when you were like a real life person will be the spirit of Jay, but I, yeah, I co-sign that wholeheartedly. I, uh, I, I'm glad you said that because Neville was my pick for the spirit of Jay. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to be the guy who was like trying to outclass you guys and <laughs> be like, well, actually my pick is Neville at the end. Um, but yeah, I was just clearing, I, I, I was thinking about the spirit of Jay. I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to go over all the movies again. And then I was cleaning out my computer this weekend and looking at some old files for some other project. And I saw like one of the videos that he sent us of like his 14 cameras poster in the background (laughs) talking. And I was like, man, what a, what a, what a hero. And definitely gone too soon. And just, just, I mean, as a character in 13 and 14 cameras, larger than life, super memorable. You know, the only reason 14 cameras got made is because people wanted to see more of them. Mm -hmm. And then as a man, just as good if not better <laughs> you know what a sweet um, yeah and it's 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 really sad so wish we had given him some of these flowers while he was alive but what can you do mm. rest in peace mm. how about yeah. you patrick mm. well now, now patrick's I... gonna be like oh mine was a, a monster in the... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah hard to hard to follow that act although i do co-sign that that pick from both of you of course um, but my my choice was going to be Tignataro from Army of the Dead. Actually, oh. uh, enjoyed that movie far more than I anticipated, and I had not really watched I don't think any of Tig's stuff until this year. So it was seeing that movie came at an odd moment where I had just watched a few of her stand up specials for the first time, loved them. Never seen her really in anything dramatic, I think, for the most part. And she was just such a weird and wonderful presence. I mean, she was literally filmed on a green screen separate from everybody else. But I think even if she was physically on the set, she still just feels like she comes from a slightly different universe from the rest of the cast. She has that oh, yeah. weird off-kilter energy that she usually has in her stand-up. Very laid back, but also with this like kind of macho, like aggro sort of charm. She's always chomping on a cigar. Big Sarah Connor vibes from her in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I was just fascinated by uh, her performance and that character. And, you know, as I said, Spirit of Jay to me is a badass who I want to see more of. And I didn't get close to enough of Tig in that movie. I want a spinoff where Tig is the hero. I want to see it. Don't remember what her fucking character name was in the movie, but I enjoyed her very much. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of upsetting that of all the characters in that movie, the, the safe cracker is the one who got a spinoff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Isn't that animated or something? There's an animated prequel or something, but his movie is live action. Oh, is that already out? Yeah. 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 It came oh, out like wow. a month after Army of the Dead. Oh, okay. I thought Not directed by Zack Snyder. Doesn't oh. have anyone in it except for the safecracker guy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a very weird pick. He was the... A, a weak link, at least, of that cast for me. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, that gets us through the Amon 2022 awards. And now it's time to get back to the regular grind. And honestly, I completely forget who the fuck is picking our next movie. I think it's me. Oh, what do you have in store? Well, someone wants to challenge Chris. me on that. I'm pretty sure it's me. And I think for our next episode, we are going to watch Netflix original 
Blood Red Sky. Hmm. Don't know a damn thing about it. I, I would say if you don't know what it's about, don't look it up. Uh, because it has a twist, which I'm sure comes out pretty early on, that is the premise of the movie. And I it's I think it would be a lot of fun if you didn't know it was coming. So, oh, have it, you already I mean, seen this? No, it was in the trailer, though. Oh. The the trailer actually kind of had a twist in it because the trailer looks like it's one kind of movie and then it shows you what the twist is and it's mm. another kind of movie. Um, it would probably be more fun if you just went into it blind. But I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. What's the little Netflix summary? The Netflix summary says when a group of ter- one of the reasons I thought about this is because it's you know Christmas time and my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I am fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Um, but this is about when a group of terrorists hijacks an overnight transatlantic flight, a mysteriously ill woman uh must protect her young son. What comes up in my mind when I hear that summary is like, well, I mean, surely she's not the only person on that plane who has to protect someone. Like if it's being hijacked <laughs> by terrorists, why is she unique? Right. Well, there, there's a there's another little detail in the plot synopsis that I omitted. I, th- I thought you edited little, something. You it was a little too. Yeah. Well, it sounds yeah. a little bit like um, Eli. Eli, the movie about the sick kid. Yeah, yeah, Eli is. I thought about that one today too when I was mulling over my uh, worst. worst of Amon, worst of, <laughs> worst of the year. All right. Well, from all of us here at Every Horror Movie on Netflix, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to us and continuing on this journey for what the fucking fifth year or whatever. Yeah, now. another year, another year gone by. Another Amazing. year, and we still don't have a unified recipe for Old Lang Syne. So send us <laughs> your recipe. Or the Spirit's Day. That's true. Yeah, but but you know, thanks for thanks for being along with us, and I hope that all of you out there listening uh, I hope you had a good year. If you didn't, I hope next year is better for you. I hope you get things done and get things resolved in your life that have been bothering you. Is this and, a you know. self-help podcast all of a sudden? <laughs> I'm just trying to give a little, you know, affirmation. It's the end of the year. Time to reflect. Sure. I love it. I love it. That's so sweet, Chris. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for the affirmation. We hope you all had a great year. If not, we hope 2023 is better for you. We love you, and we also want to remind you to go to our website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. Go to our merch store. Click buy merch. Click merch store. Give us money for t-shirts and things like that. Go to our social media. We're at Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast, on all your social networks, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at least. Uh, And also go to your podcast provider of choice. Leave us a little review. uh, Give us a rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Really, that's the best uh, holiday present that you could give us we would appreciate it my new year's resolution is to fix the website i support that (laughs) all right well we're gonna stop filibustering here thanks for listening happy new year for every horror movie on netflix i'm patrick i'm chris and i'm steven bye-bye